What are we really doing when we make art? And then for that matter, what is art anyway? Episode number 85. Can you pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. All right, so yes, back at the Havana Cafe. Yes. Here we are. I'm and the big question. The coffee. You're drowning in the coffee. You are drowning in the coffee. You, well, saying that, and I'm looking around, and there's I'm one, two, three, you. four cups of coffee strewn out across the table here. Plus Not all just, four of those are mine, by the way. Just and you just ordered another one. And we won't even talk about how many cups of coffee I had prior to coming to the yeah, studio. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm behind. Today. I'm just trying you're to behind. catch up. You're way behind. I started at, what, five o'clock this morning on my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So art's been on my mind lately. I tend to, well, we do this podcast because I have always had these questions. And right now, the big question on my mind is what exactly is art and what purpose does it serve in, in our world? Like, why do we have it? Why, why did I? Because I took my daughter back to uni a couple of weeks ago, and then I stopped into the Museum of Art in Birmingham. And it's, but I, I went there for a purpose. I guess I can give you the full story as I online something or another and I came across medieval art which I haven't really looked into a lot but then I was starting to look at the, their images and they got some weird stuff those medieval people were, <laughs> they, they were on some serious mushrooms or something man if you look at a medieval uh, painting and there's some weird stuff going on there but that caught my attention and I think how come I never seen this before they have any zombies <laughs> They got zombie-looking things and That's, bird, what, it, that's what it's really about. You're just looking for the zombies. <laughs> it's so, it's such weird things. I was like, what kind of, what were these guys smoking to come up with some of these imagery? So that started the chase. And so I was going to go into Birmingham and go to the art museum to look at some of the medieval art there. But I never made it to the medieval art space because I stopped in the pre-Raphaelite um, area because I liked socially and politically what that movement was about and what they'd returned to. So they returned back to capturing um, the, the the times and and capturing people, documenting what was happening around them at the time and bringing color and form and things like that and more realism back into their world. But that's kind of where I that's that what got me thinking. Okay, well, what's art and where does that? Leave me. And you, you also asked me, um, you know, like, why do we go to museums and stuff? Mm. And I, I always, it's only because that's where art is in mm. our world that, you know, art is in museums. And you go, you know, and when I did my sort of interrailing at 18 around Europe, like, you go to all the big yeah, you know, places and, and you check, you know, the <laughs> Mona Lisa off your list and you see all the stuff. And um, it's only, you know, years later that I sort of started to think like this is actually a really weird way of interacting with art it's it's really um, I don't know it puts a lot of distance between you and the, the work of art that you wouldn't have if it was in a place maybe I just want everything to be in a cafe you want it all to be in a cafe <laughs> well that's interesting that you say that because there's two things one art used to um, be more central to the community it used to be local to the community even things like Bach some of his famous works were made for local people a lot of paintings were made for local people a lot of paintings that you see you know were made for the church so it was more communal oriented and probably more instructive as well in our, and our earlier history. Yeah, certainly. Um, 
the you know a lot of the great artists that we sort of hold up now were all commissioned you know so they were they were craftsmen and they were working on commission for this or that and it was just you know even though it was art it was also work for them yeah yeah, yeah no absolutely it wasn't so, them you know sitting off being inspired by the muse and then like painting whatever they felt like which it, is sort of our impression I think sometimes yeah then that's probably yeah that's yeah it, yeah I think it's in its history of art as it's moving through that we may have that impression of artists, but I, I think it was probably more artists and then craftsmen a little early. I mean, we can go back to cave paintings. They wouldn't have, yeah. it was, it yeah. was a, an instructional way to capture or document what's going on in a community. And, you know, we went on this big hunt and it's documented. So we've got the cave paintings from yeah. you know, long, long ago. Um, so it served, I guess it served different roles and continues to serve different roles in the community um, at large. And while I'm thinking about it, because you just raised that up about where art sits now, is that one of the points in the book that I've been reading um, by... Oh, let me get his name right. Yes, it's an easy name to remember, actually. It's a, it's a book called The View from the Studio Door, How Artists Find Their Way in an Uncertain World by Ted Orland. And one of the near towards the end of it, concluding bits that he was saying, was that these days we probably experience art more through and validate it through the reprinting. How many right. people do what you've said and go see the actual work in the, in the museum well, and or what have you? The reality is... is Time and the amount of time you spend looking at stuff, like getting a print on your wall, for instance, as mm. opposed to looking at the real thing. You know, I mean, there was a time when like Monet's pictures were all over mm. everybody's walls, and or, you know, at least like you know, I had one, and you know, I just yeah. yeah and we don't you necessarily spend, pay you spend more time with that. Walls, you don't. You only get like a few seconds to look at it, the real thing, when you're in the museum. Yeah. You know? And I don't, and so yeah, so do the reprinting and even original art. We don't necessarily look at the art that are in people's walls or in cafes, as you as you say, necessarily not in the same way that we would consume it if we went to see it in a museum. So that said, really, there's two things. Really, there's there's sort of what art done by other people does for us, mm. and then what creating art ourselves does for us. Yeah, yeah. I think so, I mean, like, what could, t- tell me about you and sort of your, because you, you do lots of drawing and hmm. stuff, and that, do, do you feel like that's your main sort of art form, expressive art form? Well, I like to, from a visual art sort of point of view, I like to draw, and then I also like to do the f- photography and, mm-hmm. and playing with images using photography straight up and also using technology to sort of morph and play with and create things in that sort of fashion. And I think that's an interesting question because it was like, okay, well, what, what do I get out of that sort of personally? Yeah. And part of, it is, part of it is a self-expression, part of it is an interpretation, I suppose. And then there's another level of it that says, well, what's going on inside of my sort of subconscious? So the way that I create stuff is usually... Um, you know, the sort of juxtaposition of things. So so I think I, one of my tasks I said I asked for you to do is bring something that you thought was, that you can, would consider art, because we had this question, what is art? And for me, it's, it's, for me, there's, if it gives my brain 
something to play with and to explore and that sparks off other thoughts. That's what attracts me. Versus if I look at a painting, let's say, or a picture, and it's perfect and it looks really good. And then for me, I'm then admiring it for its technical craftsmanship. And but I, I don't connect with it emotionally. It's like, yeah, that's right. a pretty picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I look at other things, it might not be pretty, but they make my mind go, oh, and then I'm exploring, and, I, and my mind has this big playground to sort of go yeah. into the image and play with this thing, or what the heck is that little fuzzy thing over there? For me, that's a much more engaging work of art, as it were. Yeah, I think, you know, for me... I'm just not a big fan of some of the modern art that has a sort of intent to shock, and that's all. I find that a bit like dull. But they're 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 in they're in they're in lies. I think that was another driver for what is art. Mm-hmm. Because you were reading a quote, which might be good to put in now about the politics. Who was that quote? Yeah. Well, basically, I think you know in reading this, it. You know, it did sort of highlight for me that there doesn't have to be, you know, and, and of course there's never one answer to yeah, one no. of your questions. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there doesn't have to be one answer to the what does art do. Like, it does yeah. a lot of different things for a lot of different people and in different times. Um, in this case, this is about um, the relationship between politics and art. And um, in this article, it's talking about this conversation that's sort of not very well known between um, Chinua Achebe, who's the um, very famous African uh, novelist and uh, who wrote Things Fall Apart, and then um, another writer called James Baldwin. And he says, uh, those who tell you do not put too much politics in your art are not being honest. If you look very carefully, you will see that they are the same people who are quite happy with the situation as it is. What they are saying is, don't upset the system. And, you know, I did, um, I mean, in that sense, I've done a lot of thinking about the relationship between politics and art because I did my Ph.D. on um, a literary movement by untouchable um, people in India. Mm. So it was very much like protest writing. And so it was, it, that was the, one of the big conversations between the writers who were established in Hindi who wanted to call this, like, not literary. Mm. And the, you know, what um, they call themselves Dalit writers who are, you know, really trying to say, actually, all art has politics in it. It's just that your politics goes unseen because it's the status quo. And my politics is the, the, you know, counter to that. So it's all, it's all yeah. there. It's just, you know, so... And that's the thing with the modern art, though, because I look yeah. at some... Well, I look at some modern art like you, where it goes, you're just saying there, in fact, I can think of t- two or three um, modern artists, and I look at it, and I, and I think, well, how is that art? But I've, I've... And I disliked it. But now, having done this inquiry and getting ready for this podcast... I'm asking myself different questions about it. So what does it, what's my reaction to it? What's it designed to do? And if art is meant to be about the community and about yeah. it makes you think in a different way, if that's what it's about, yeah. then some of these pieces, however ridiculous in my head, I think that's ridiculous. Because I think I've mixed two different things. When I was just saying that I could look at it and I could say there's technical craftsmanship there and I can see that that's probably 
and and Birmingham in this museum, it was great because I was up with the masters, and then there was a a, a modern one on. And, and like what you're getting at here, I think, is some of the pictures I seen downstairs, I was like, well, I could make that picture probably in about, you know, 20 minutes or 30 get some, minutes. Get some blue paint, cover the canvas, and, <laughs> and then, then you're And then if done. I go upstairs and I look at some of these works, now that took them months to It's not only months that. of that, that's years of learning the craft. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But then that's if I'm going to evaluate art bias. Maybe it's aesthetic or it's pretty, and it's yeah. Or am I looking at art that says it actually is for it's it has a different role other than just to be pretty? Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've been I looking at it in a say, different. In a yeah, different that's way. true. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that it's. I would back up from where I, I probably used mm. to stand, which is that that's not art. Mm. And I would just say, you know. That's, it doesn't, I, speak, I, to it doesn't speak to me. That's right. <laughs> the toilet in the middle of the room yeah, doesn't or speak my, to me. Or like the one, was it Tracy Immen? Im, Im, yeah. And she just, it, there's one where she has a display of her bedroom. Right. A messy bedroom. And yeah. it, to me it was like, well, did you wake up I, one day and say, I can't think of anything <laughs> to make, so hey, why don't we just take yeah. all the contents of my bedroom and cut off the walls and there's I, my sculpture I do yeah go ahead okay, let me read this 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 quote because it fits in kind of where we are and, and uh, this is back from the Ted Orlans book and he was and one of the things that he's asking or interrogating is like animals kind of live in the moment in present and they're part of um, the world and their environment whereas we have this separation of self so basically what he's saying is um, if you viewed art dispassionately, it could be that making art is merely our way of compensating for the evolutionary failures of consciousness. Perhaps our conscious separation of the world into self and not self makes it impossible for us to immerse ourselves in the totality of experience. And so we try to recapture that totality through art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, that what that reminded me of is... Um, the all the reading we did about flow state mm. so it's like you know doing activities that bring us back into a real sense of presence mm. and you know sometimes for some people that's running but you know for a lot of people and I know for myself as well there's that there is a, a feeling when you get into that good state when I'm writing and that you know you, you hear about artists of all different kinds you know and there's something about you know this on a sort of personal level and I think it's helping me again to think about my own art in that way as in it is it's your way of seeing I got another book that's yeah. written by a more zen like guy and it's, it's an art of seeing and they, they draw to see right. not draw for art but to actually dr right. draw what, you, what you're seeing but then that helps you to see it so in order to draw yeah. you I have to actually really look at you right. and really yeah, yeah, yeah. understand the contours of your totally of your face and, and that sort of thing off the back of that I was listening on the way here to this um, podcast of, from On Being from John Donahue O'Donohue who's an Irish writer and like sort of spiritual practitioner and stuff and uh, he had the, uh, he just, you know, he's one of these people that listening to the way that he describes things is like yeah. listening to poetry. It's just yeah, beautiful. And he was, he was talking about, you know, he grew up on the edge of um, Ireland on the coast. And he was basically describing the sort of outer and inner landscape and that art and 
is really our process of attempting to um, bring together what is, like you're saying in that other quote, a sort of division between self and other, a division between the outer landscape that we see around us and sort of the inner landscape of our, our souls, basically. Mm. Um, and I thought that I was just, it was, honestly, it was the most beautiful way of putting it. But um, I think it's sort of the same thing, isn't it? It's yeah, like no, absolutely. trying to bring, you know, so there's, so there's the... But there's a, a two-way process really going on, just as you described, where you know you're trying to look out and really see, and then you know express what you see. But then also there's a there's a bringing out from within what is within you. Absolutely, and then making the connection. There's a yeah. nice little quote here in that relationship. So it says that. At some deep level, art making integrates the things we learn to be true with the things we have always known to be true. And so finding that correlation between the instinct and experience is the key to drawing out the universal truths from a particular experience. So it's about learning and remembering. And I think one of the things why I say I like, well, one, the way that I create art and some of the pieces of art that I look at, it's almost a there's a connection with things that are going on inside. So when I, I look at a, a work that challenges my mind to, or lets my mind, that creates a playground for my mind, it then fires off other things internally and makes other connections for me. Right. Um, when I make a piece, it's the same. It's, it's almost, for me, the juxtaposition of things that don't necessarily make sense together, but then when you bring them together, then that sparked off some other things. But then there's a another level of story so that speaks to me then and that that new synthesis of of, of that sort of juxtaposition so and this that that exact description then reminds me of that other article we read about the different kinds of artists or different kinds of creators where mm. some are really trying to master a form yeah, and yeah. and then others are about bringing together what seem to be disparate sort of forms and making something new and then there's of course the third option I think it was in that article that was saying there's some that are about mastering a form and then purposely subverting it and I think that might be where we put a lot of these modern artists that you go what? What Because really what because I think that the thing for me sometimes and I remember I went to this um, this art exhibit in Glasgow and I um, and I think when art becomes a thing that you have to read a ton of stuff about to even connect with, I start to go, uh, because what, what it seemed to me in some cases, and there's nothing wrong with it, it, it just doesn't speak to me, hmm. but that when you have art that is really just inward looking within the discipline, like... I've learned this stuff about art and art theory and now I'm going to subvert and it's only the people within like academic art or do you know what I mean? That yeah, kind of space that, world, are, that yeah. are in the art world that are really going to get what I'm doing here. Yeah. And that that's fine. But I think, I, I think what, what my problem is sometimes is that sometimes the museums and what is allowed to constitute what art is privileges those things as opposed to just things other people are making. Including yeah. craftspeople. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. And I'm glad you brought that up because one of the other things from my recent trip to the Birmingham Art Museum is, like, I like art and I like drawing and things like that, but sometimes if I just go and I just look at the 
pictures without the context, it's a different thing altogether. Yeah, true. So when I was in this the last time and I was looking at the picture, but then look at the context, then it created an even bigger story. Yeah. And I've always been a kind of a person who likes images and words together. So magazines, I love magazines because there's the image and then there's the words and then there's just a whole other world. I like comics with that same sort of image mm, and blend right. of, of words together. So there's a, a, a nice... I, I, I suppose I don't it, know how to explain you know what it, it, but what it was. A, I'm remembering a bit more. It wasn't that it it was the words were giving the artwork context. Mm. It was that you had to really be in the art world to even understand the words. And I mean, I've done a lot of academic studies, yeah. so I feel like I, you know, I can read that language and it's a bit opaque, but I can do it. But you know, it's really exclusionary that kind of language. Yeah. You know? If you get all technical and that's and right. That. And I think like you know, some of the paintings I was looking at, it was great because it was like, well, here's what was going on in the world, and this is that's why. right. And when you're talking about medieval or pre-Raphaelites yeah. or whatever, then yeah. you need a context because yeah. we're not in that. And but then, it, but it, it brings you back into this world because you're looking at it and you think, well, actually, it's the same kind of stuff that are going on in in our kind of world. Mm-hmm. So you know, you get a sense of that as we were saying before, they're not disconnected from their community. So this painting served a, a purpose. Yeah. Um, and it had a, there's a, there's a context and a statement to that. And I'm capturing some moments and times of, about the times that kind of are around me. Um, and I think, you know, when I think about sort of photography, and that's one of the other things, like, I like documentary photography and in fact uh, my specifically thinking through getting ready for this podcast is I actually my favorite form in that is the snapshot mm-hmm. where nobody's aware the camera's going right. and you're doing your thing because when I look back at some of um, some of those you know old sort of black and white film or uh, photographs from um, yeah, when people were posing for the camera. Well, when they weren't posing. Oh, uh, right. Like, a lot of, like, I really like yes. street photography and things like that because right. there's, there's, you're just capturing people doing things. But then I get into the picture and say, well, what was going on in that person's world? And, yeah. or, and also the other day when I was looking at um, some old photos, it's, you know, that person's no longer alive. Yeah. But they are, there they are frozen in, in, the, in time yeah. in this photograph doing that thing (laughs) and there's just something about that 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 used to be a person living and breathing and carrying on with life they're no longer with us but there they are I've got this moment of their lives um, right in there and then just imagining the rest of it I think that's what it is and imagination starts going okay well what what's what's happening in this picture and what's going on in their world what what were they would have been thinking about you know all those yeah, sorts yeah, of things yeah. start to happen when um i look at those photos like i'm not a landscape photographer i like pretty Reminds pictures me of, you know of things like renoir that you know a lot of renoir's paintings are a bit like that yeah. so it's just like you know the party and the, yeah. you know yeah. yeah and you're just capturing you're documenting what's going on yeah. around you in that space so we take a quick break now and uh Sounds come good. back and I'd like to understand if you brought any pictures maybe we can google some that you would say yeah that, yeah, that same, kind of yeah. picture sort of speaks to me and yeah. then kind of why it speaks to you yeah thanks for listening to the podcast we really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience our community of contemplators like you 
and we would really appreciate your help with this. Now, there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot. So if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue, it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening. Um, Going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it. And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can go to the contribution section of our website. Thanks, and back to the show. Okay, so during a break, um, I just mentioned to Sarah about the, uh, another quote from the, this TED book is that uh, five times a second in common moment, we freeze frame, our mind freeze frame the plausible reality um, from around us. Basically, so five times a second, um, the brain is creating plausible pictures of what's around us. So there's a foreground, background, and then in, these, in that moment that you make yourself aware your brain is saying this is kind of what's around you Would- and that pitch is not always the reality of what's there because you're taking the stuff out of your peripheral vision what's in front of us what's behind you yeah and in that moment of time do you think well what am i seeing you, you have a snapshot a plausible snapshot of the reality in quotation marks around you yeah and part of the sort of art making, and I think one of the things you want to talk about as a, us being all artists is, you know, as part of that journey when you're creating art is a reconnection with the various different things that you have taken in through, you know, your, 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 yeah. your senses and sensory and then reconnecting um, and expressing that out in your art form, whatever that might be, pictures or sculpture or, or I however think, that works, I think photography. That- that's my, always my issue about museums because, of course, art didn't used to be in museums. Museums are sort of a semi-modern thing. Mm. And, you know, so it, it's basically that there are some people that are artists and some people that aren't. And, uh, again, listening to this podcast by uh, John O'Donohue, he was saying that, you know, he really believes that everyone's an artist. And the reason he believes that is that First of all, and, and exactly what you're saying there with the freeze framing, that we're all in, whether we, he says, <laughs> whether we like it or not, we're all involved in the construction of our world. So we are basically creating our reality based on how we interpret events, what stories we tell, you know, to go back to last week's stuff. Yeah. You know, so that in itself is a sort of creative act. And we can't help but do that. That's just, we're all doing that. And then, of course, we all have an an imagination and we're all what he calls ex-children. So, you know, that still is a living part of us, whether or not we are using it all the time. And the third point he makes is that um, this kind of comes out often in our dreams. So dreams become a sort of landscape of creative images that we give ourselves. And... You know, so I think that there, you know, there's, there's a lot of busyness in the world now, mm. as we know, and there's not a lot of time in people's lives to create stuff just for the fun of it. And of course, in school, we're taught, you know, things have to be, you know, have a utility. And But so that's that, the thing, that, that workshop that I went on over the weekend, where we were talking about the sort of left brain, right brain aspect, and, you know, we're once we enter the school system, we get more and more pushed to be left brain thinkers in the sense of solve problems and what's That's the right. useful information in this particular scenario. 
um, but where creativity and innovation and that sort of stuff comes is from the sort of right brain and you'll get wacky stuff in there but it might not be useful and then right. if you're getting into sort of creativity then it's how you marry those how do you quiet the left brain down so that you can have this wacky wonderful sort of piece and then take that and use yeah. the left brain to say well what's how can I do something useful with that piece of information that kind of thing well, that's a whole other topic um, altogether. Um, I think that's right though and I think that what that also means is it, it sort of inhibits not only us doing any practicing of art once we get beyond childhood hmm. but also it, it makes us feel like we are no longer able to judge art because we don't know enough about it so you know it, and I went that's on when a, we intellectualize art in that yeah. sense in terms of the emotional aspect of art and that like when people say to me I can't draw and I say well you learned to draw before you learned to walk but then people have this frame of art yeah. and I've got to replicate, like if I was going to draw that violin on the wall there in order to call it art in quotation marks, then it needs to look like that. Well, I think for some, for, I coming, from, coming from someone who <laughs> always says I can't draw because I'm surrounded in my family by people who can, I, I also think that there is something true about the fact that you can have an image in your brain, but getting your hand to make that image on the paper isn't always easy. So even if it doesn't have to look like that, you've got this image in your mind of what cool thing it might look like, but trying to get it there is difficult. Whereas for me, it's all about the words, you know, and for other people, it's about the music or whatever. Mm. But I or think, both for me, in my yeah, case. Yeah, 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 yeah and, and multiple both. things. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think also, the other thing that I was sort of reflecting on is that I but went then on I'm this... But I'm going to just go back to that point because yeah. I think some of that's the school system that messes you, that tells yeah, us... maybe. Yeah, that yeah. now I'm going to draw a circle, but a circle needs to look like that or a bike needs to look like that. And then I mm. get critiqued and someone's like, oh, no, you can change that. And Whereas prior to that, you just... The image that you had in your mind, you just kind of put it out there and yeah. that's kind of what it was. Like, and I yeah, look yeah, at some yeah. of the neo-expressionist stuff that sort of comes out and you look at those sorts of things for me and I'm like now that for me makes more if I want it to look just like you know if I draw that cup, yeah, you might have just, take, just a take a picture yeah yeah and what I'm interested in is some of the things that we're talking about here what are you what's going yeah. on yeah in the whatever from head to pen here and then that would to me would be interesting yeah. to see how you draw that cup which could be different also, the way I do it. Yeah, and I think also, though, it's it's about finding the thing that you enjoy doing, mm. you know, because it... If you're talking about art, like yeah, whatever your like, art is, whether yeah, you want to do music really, or you want to write or you want to sculpt or you want to take yeah, pictures or... Like, I'd rather work with yeah. clay than... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Than uh, work with, like, pen and paper mm. and draw. You know, I, I would rather do... Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, words is obviously, like, my first choice, but... Yeah, but it's a way you, it's, the, it's, and that comes down to self-expression, I guess. How do you best do the sort of self-expression bit? Is it through? It might be through dance, like some, you know. Yeah, exactly. Somebody, you know, exactly. Best express myself, self-expression through the use of my body and the moving my body around. So I think I think you're right. It's like, but that's part of this journey. I think this is what I've been getting out of this this dialogue that I've been having with self in relationship to art is, is that your art is almost a dialogue with self. Right. 
um, and and making sense of the world around you. And I might yeah. do that through my body. I might do that through words. I might do that through music. I might right. do that through drawing or sculpting. Yeah. But it's my dialogue with self and the world and reconciling my interior with the exterior and yeah. recreating some of this 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 truth and meaning, making meaning of the things that are um, around me. And then we've got this other stuff called the art world and people saying that this is what art is or it isn't. And I think that's a whole other thing because I think back to your point, we all have this ability and all have this need even to go out and make sense of the world around us. But then if we put a filter on it, it says art and your art teachers and art world is saying this is what art is and now we're disconnected from that that's right yeah um or if i'm a bud budding person like you know because of the um it was a good point that, that, that orland makes in this book here is that if i'm starting out it's just like drawing for instance but then because i have a museum and i have these pictures and magazines and things like that I think that my work needs to look like that I need to go from beginner to expert in instant yeah right but you forget that that person started out as a beginner and had a model and they learned and then they synthesized that sort of thing but because of the instant the internet probably makes it even worse because you're constantly comparing yourself to people who have probably been doing this a little longer or have you know so you and then that that inhibits your journey yeah 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 because you're externally maybe focused as opposed to understanding it's about the process it's about the process yeah and you put it in and then figuring out who you are in that sort of process yeah yeah you know even in terms of judging art I went on a field trip with um my son's class last year so he was in year one or first grade and uh, so we went to work uni to look at art. And the questions that the people who were taking us around asked the kids was just <laughs> wonderful. It was like, do you like this? What do you yeah. think it should be called? What colors can you see? And it was all really much more modern yeah, yeah. art. But it was really nice to just allow that question to come back in. Like, do you like it? How does it, what, what, what is it? make you feel that was another one just mm. what do you think it what do you think the author or the painter was feeling when he made this like angry sad you know and the kids came up with great stuff and mm. everybody had different answers and i think and that's what made me that's what made that me think about really modern nice. art thing because i started asking myself before i was judging it as in mm-hmm. by craftsmanship yeah. but if you step back and go back to what you were just doing with there so when i look at that What's my reaction to that? And what is that saying about me yeah. in as much as it's saying about the artist and what they've written? So, okay, they put a shark in a... Honestly... <laughs> in what the heck is that about? Yeah, we're, Different lines of questioning then. Yeah, and we're really, we're really bad as human beings about just letting people have different ideas and, you know, just saying yeah I just don't really like that it doesn't connect with me me, but but that's cool it always has to be like that's bad or that's good art or that's you know but I like your rationale there I think even if you're looking at something that doesn't connect with you can you go through the process to say okay well yeah it doesn't it doesn't emotionally move me like I wouldn't go out and want to buy that or spend time with that but if I take it as a work of art by itself 
Now yeah. let me interrogate it in relationship to do I like it? Well, I don't like it. Well, how come you don't like it? Because then I'm learning stuff yeah. about me. Well, I don't like it because, like I said, if, if I see a picture that's pretty, I'll yeah. say that it's a pretty picture. And I can see the craftsmanship that's gone into it. It doesn't do anything for me yeah. on that because I need something that makes my mind play. I, I think that's but, really like what I really loved about that John O'Donohue the whole section about the inner and outer landscape because mm. basically you can step bring it back to a, the real fundamental of we're just looking at things outside ourselves and, and sort of anything can be art or not and so you know if it's just all landscape you know if it's all just anything that you visually see or, or can hear or whatever if it's all just landscape coming in and in the process of creating, we are taking an inner landscape and bringing it out. It's just a sort of interaction process in that sense, isn't it? Hmm. So it doesn't have to be a, this is art, this isn't art. This is, you know, it, it, it's just more becomes almost like everything's art and nothing's art. It's just creation of stuff. Hmm. And, you know, yeah, it's yeah, all, yeah. It's no, all so cool. It's, what is art? But then having that dialogue, there it is. It just does, does different does stuff. you to take a step back and say mm -hmm. well, and then what is it but then you start yeah. going on the journey then you start doing what we're doing here and you're going on that you're having a dialogue with yourself around your reaction to that yeah whether it's disgust or love it or beauty what's your, or what's your like one of your favorite artists or um, art stuff one of my i like the neo-expressionist okay um, so give us a squat for per particular um, and I've got some images for you here. Just I think they are representative of the them. stuff that that I like. Um, and what I like about these is they okay, kind of so look like lots of color, but like really color. abstract. And I like it because it makes again, as I say, for me, it's like okay, well, it's making my it's a playground for my mind. Basically, these images. Um, and I like, like a lot of his work You know, that reminds me of like Gauguin like and stuff. It's more like, you know, almost like pastel, pastel mm. drawings. Yeah. So that really appeals to me, that format of just, because it's just kind of madness, which is why I was like in the yeah, medieval yeah, yeah. art as well, because when yeah, you look yeah. at some of those pictures, it's like, <gasps> man, what the heck is going on in there? Um, and then from a photograph type point of view, people like sort of Walker Evans or Robert Frank or uh, uh, Gary Winograd, um, it would be those, let's see if I got one of his photos up. Um, and it was that the, the snapshot for me is, is the thing that... That's some of his sort oh, okay. of photos. So it's all sort of people's faces it's and people and people yeah. doing things. This yeah. is Walker Evans because he kind of they were kind of. Uh, it's all black and white. Well, these were. This would have yeah, been yeah. during that sort of era, and one of their part of their commissioning was to go out and document America, basically. Right. Um, so you you get ordinary yeah, people. So this yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. like movie stars and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so from a personal level, for me. Um, I'm not so much into abstract, abstract, sorry for that, um, as in I, I almost kind of need some imagery in there of a yeah. figure, some figures yeah. in there. Yeah. 
Um, and I like the graffiti and stuff like that because there's words and images and color and all that mm-hmm, sort of stuff that's mm-hmm. kind of there. And then there's a lot going on that my mind can play with. From a f- other part of art that I like is photography. And for me, it's the snapshot yeah, of right. what's going on in the world. Yeah, and yeah. something last year, and I never used to be into sculpture, but there was a few pieces in the Edinburgh Museum, the sculpture, and I couldn't stop looking at it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember the... I can't remember the the, the uh, sculptor's name, but I just... Hmm. And I was I was weirded out by myself. It's like, I don't like sculpture, but I can't start looking at there was this There was this great <laughs> quote from this... Um, and it, you know, like speaking of sculpture and sort of how... Because it always amazes me how you can take what is such a hard certain, you know, mm. substance and sort of create wave-like soft movement in it. And uh, there was a quote by a guy who makes violins who said, oh, making violins is easy. You just take a piece of wood and you chop away everything that's not a violin. Yeah, no, I like it. There you go. <laughs> it's like, you know, but, that, but I think for people who are sculptors, that, that is what it's like. It's, it's mm. like the... the the thing is already in there, in that piece of stone somehow, and they're just chipping away everything that is not it. Yeah. So right. I, I just find, I think that the other nice thing about art is you look at things and you're like, wow, people's minds just work totally differently too, and that's so cool. Yeah. Because, no, I mean, it, I just wouldn't have the first clue about a, how to do that. It's a fascinating thing. But then there's, you know, it's again, it's that mixture of, there's some craftsmanship that goes yeah. into it, isn't it? So there's yeah. craft, and then also then learning about the aesthetics and line and form yeah. and shade and tone and yeah, yeah, getting yeah. those basics down. Um, and then you probably, as an, an, an artist, you'll go through a period of copying. That we do with everything as a kid. Yeah, you yeah. copy your parents, and what, what, so you'll have someone that you'll that connects with you in the way yeah. that you want to express yourself in a period of copying, and then. You've got those motor skills down, and then I, I think you then start to go on your own journey. And how again, you can now I've mastered a craft, whatever that is, yeah, whether it's right. just going to be drawing, it's going to be painting, watercolors, any whatever form that's going to be. And then I kind of re spin it and take it to another place based off of who I am and my own sort of experiences and things like that. So I yeah. think there's a, there's a lot for it, and it probably doesn't. We probably don't give art, as you say, once we leave school, you know, unless you're going on to be an artist, in quotation marks, then that's going to be your career and progression. We probably lose touch with making yeah, the it. The act of creation, yeah. Um, because somewhere along the line, I think sometimes we get separated out. Oh, yeah, you can, you're can. a really good drawer. Oh, I suck at drawing. And the teacher yeah. says, or that person says, so I won't do that. Or the teacher very, doesn't even have to say it. No. It's already, it already happens. It happens. Yeah. Or, and, you know, or, you know, I'm not very creative is another one that you'll, that you'll get. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's how do you get out of your, how do you get your left brain out of the way? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, to reconnect with a part of you that already is there. Yeah. Um, or, or I think, and also simply to just give credit to the ways that you're creative just in, you know, like my sister-in-law loves cooking, yeah. you know, like that's one thing that is a sort of artistry about, yeah. you know, and, and creative. So it just, you know, it's sort of about, yeah. It's just, kind, of, kind of finding your thing. And then yeah. I guess there's that, you know, you can interrogate and say your personal exploration mm-hmm. and self expression. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I just, I was remembering um, about, one of my favorite writers, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, is, um, 
you know, all these Latin American sort of um, writers who's they're you know the the sort of blend of the fantastical and the real is is yeah. like very and there's thinking about cooking was a character who you know cries into what she makes and then everyone at the table like starts crying as they eat it you know and this idea that you know I was but just thinking about thing about well, about cooking being yeah. an art form and it's like you know bringing that what is inside of you out I think it does happen with with so many things that we don't kind of think of as art basically yeah, yeah absolutely and I mean you just mentioned sort of writing and things because it, it works in any format you think about it because you know there's all sorts of different types of fiction or, or and non-fiction for that matter I guess but there's only certain certain genres that might appeal to you and then certain writers within that there's mm-hmm. something about their combination of words that matches either yeah totally how how you are yeah um, you know I can read in my genre of fiction and like that one but not like that one yeah um, just because I like the way this person puts words together yeah um, yeah and the other thing I like is audio when we talk about that sort of aspect the theater of the mind which yeah. I think is quite cool because you yeah, create yeah, images yeah, yeah. in your head which is a, and then we can you know I think we can talk with on and on and on about this in the various different formats but that's one of the things I love about audio is that we're not supplying the picture mm-hmm. and so people then have to create draw upon what, what their user bank of pictures in their head mm-hmm. and I think that's the same with writing as well in that sense as well isn't yeah, it? Yeah, true. I've got a you know you've said you've described something um, it's probably even so audio is probably the even so audio, I've got to supply the picture, so I'm going to create that bit, isn't it? I'm going to create the image that's going around with those words, which is, I think, fascinating in and of itself. Yeah. Um, kind of makes it co-creating, because you won't even... My images in my head are going to be different from yours. Totally. So, anyway. Yeah. We could go on and on and on and on and on and on. So we leave it to But I the still need to catch up on my coffee, so... Listeners, yes. Um, to think about what is art to you... And I guess the challenge I would throw out for folks is to take any piece of art and then see what it says. Is and like the line of question that you've had, and it's an interrogation of yourself or a dialogue with yourself. So, what is your reaction to that? And then, you know, ask yourself why and continue along that sort of dialogue. As in, yeah, um, what do you? What can you discover about yourself through totally that piece of art? Yep. Yeah, excellent. Okay, good stuff. See you next week. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. We have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience, our our community of contemplators like you, and we'd really appreciate your help. In fact, there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot. One is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show. Another is going to iTunes and giving us a review, which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can, people can come across it. And you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website. Thanks a lot.